from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Joe's podcast episode 219 the castle run gi joe i'm your host ryan and i'm chuck and welcome back everyone chuck's back for a second episode in a row <laughs> can you believe it <laughs> so uh yeah it's it's awesome now to kind of have uh, as i mentioned last episode to have kind of a regular semi-regular schedule like uh so that we can kind of plan things out and then this way you can plan stuff out to actually be able to come on the show and the other guys can plan stuff out. Uh, there was a chance John was going to show us, show up, uh, with us tonight, but, uh, plans fell through. So we changed what show we were going to do, but it was cool because we knew we were doing the show. So we could do, here's the initial plan and here's the backup plan. <laughs> so always the contingency plan, always the contingency, especially if you know you're doing an episode. So exactly. Um, so yeah, so, uh, we are going to be covering GI Joe this episode, but not, the Marvel run. Chuck and I are going to be actually covering the the much acclaimed and fan favorite Devil's Do run. So yeah, taking a trip in the Wayback Machine. Right, and well, and the thing is, a lot of Joe fans, including you and me, love this run. It's one of our favorite series that's ever. <coughs> oh been yeah, I, Joe. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. It's uh, so I and I know we've had a lot of listeners for a long time saying, "Are you guys ever going to cover it?" And I specifically wanted to make sure that when we kicked it off that you and I did it because I know you and I both have the entire run in issue form and, and everything else. So it was like, okay, when I cover this series, I, I need, I need Chuck there. We, we got to do this one together. So <laughs> yeah, I, I know I have it. It's finding it. That's the hard part. <laughs> right, that's always the hard part. So <laughs> it's here somewhere in a, in a short box somewhere, but it, it's here. <laughs> right. <laughs> And upon, um, upon uh, some searching, uh, I was able to locate said comics. Yes. Not only those, not only these comics, but the series that takes place after it and some of the, yeah. and some of the tie-in series also, cause there was like the front lines was kind of like running 
alongside this one and everything. So yeah, well, I had that one. I found uh, Reloaded. I found America's Lead. A lot of Devils Do Goodness. It was really good. Yeah. And we'll have to, and, uh, obviously this series that we're covering, uh, The Real American Hero, uh, it, uh, takes place after the original Marvel run. So it's different than what, it, it's a different timeline from the IDW. <laughs> uh, but it also, uh, then this series leads into the America's Elite. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, like I said, Frontlines kind of runs alongside both of these series. Uh, but then reloaded is something completely different. That's a whole different continuity altogether. So right. Um, so when this one, like you said, it's right after the Marvel, but it's not like directly after. It's right. more like ten years yeah. after. Yeah, I think it was actually was it seven years? I think it is something like that. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's they actually followed the actual timeline of GI Joe because the last time GI Joe was in publication was in 1994, and this came out in 2001. So it was actually seven years. And they actually use that timeline that it's been seven years since G.I. Joe's been together as a unit. So that's really cool that they did that. Yeah. Um, so before we get into the issues here, and also wanted to mention, not only are Chuck and I covering one issue, we are actually covering two issues of the Devil's Due Run. So double the fun. Yeah. Um, double your pleasure. That's right. <laughs> um, but before we do that, uh, one announcement I wanted to make, which is I just found this out today and I sent it to Chuck and his response was exactly what I expected, which is uh, IDW has at least announced that uh, the they are continuing volume nine of G.I. Joe, the complete collection hardcovers. Uh, it will, it right now it is set to, you could pre-order this a long time ago, but it is set to come out supposedly July 31st of 2019. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for a long, light your candle, do whatever you need to do to make this happen. Right. (laughs) Well, and for a long time, people were like, are they ever going to finish it? They asked us like, as if we would know. (laughs) And I remember even asking the IDW table at, uh, at Baltimore comic con a couple of years ago, like, are you guys ever going to finish that? And like, we have plans for GI Joe. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I've heard that before. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, to actually get like, I actually got an email notification because, because I pre-ordered it a long time ago, I actually got an email notification saying, Hey, just to let you know, um, this is coming out in July. I wanted to make you aware. And because it was so long ago, if you want to cancel it, go ahead. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not canceling it. <laughs> Been waiting for this right. thing. <laughs> so <laughs> They're so nicely done, and they, they put everything together with it. Um, it's just a shame it didn't finish. Yeah. So now with this news, or at least it's potentially going to pick back up and carry on. Yep. Which would be great. Absolutely. And ish, uh, volume nine is supposed to have issues. I believe if I can read this, it's really blurry, but I think it's issues 68 through 76 of a real American hero and issues 10 through 13 of special missions. Yeah. So past the halfway point. So, uh, which is, which is really cool. Um, other announcement I wanted to make is we had, uh, so we had our contest last episode. And one of the winners, uh, Joe Nickren, uh, submitted some questions. He was the winner of the Skyward Omnibus. Yeah, the grand prize. Right. And he contacted, when I contacted him, let him know he won, he contacted me back and said, actually, I already got the Omnibus through the Kickstarter, which is awesome. Thank you for supporting that Kickstarter. 
Um, so he says, I don't really need yeah. it. He's like, if you want to, you could either give it to somebody else. He says, or if you want to send it to me, he says, I'll give it to somebody else. So I want to make sure that Joe gets a prize. So I'm going to be sending him something different. Uh, but I want to put, I'm going to put the Skyward Omnibus back up for a winner. Uh, so we're going to have another winner on top of what we've already done. So there were, uh, if you remember from last episode, there was 14 total submissions and we had seven prizes. So there were seven people left that did not win. Um, so I have numbered them one through seven. So I did different numbers for them. Uh, so, and Chuck does not know what numbers are next to what names or anything like that. So Chuck, if you can give me a number, any number one through seven, including one through seven, if you wish. Uh, and I'll announce who the winner of that is. Uh, well, I'm going to go with number two since we're covering two comics and there's two of us. So we'll go with number two. Nice. All right. So that would be Anthony Houseale. Nice. So I will uh, reach out to Anthony and let him know that he won. And I'll... <laughs> Our number two fan. Right. <laughs> I will let him know. So because he uh, he probably will be notified by me before he even hears this episode. So I will have to explain to him like, hey, just let you know, here's what happened. <laughs> you won. <laughs> you, you won. So so congratulations, Anthony. Um, all right. So you ready to cover some G.I. Joe goodness? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, cool. So uh, we are covering issues number one and two. Uh, they came out in 2001. Uh, they were originally published by with the image banner, uh, even though when you look inside the cover of the issues, it will show both image and Devil's Do. So they were that's it's still known as Devil's Do Run. Um, the writer on these issues was uh, Josh Blaylock, mm-hmm. and I actually got to meet uh, Blaylock. A couple years ago in Baltimore, and had him sign both covers to issue number one. So I have uh, the first print and the second print covers. Uh, there was a third print, but the only difference in the third print cover was it looked just like the first print cover, but the image eye was blue instead of green. So, uh, oh, but nice. other than that, it looked exactly the same. Um, the covers themselves for issues one and two were done by one of my favorite. Uh, artist, which is J. Scott Campbell. And the interior art was done by Steve Kurth, who Steve Kurth, I don't know if you remember, he was brought back to work on the IDW run for a little while. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, not, not my favorite. No, no, not my favorite. It does a good job, though, in these issues. Uh, but it's there's definitely... Serv- serviceable. I mean, some of the faces are wonky. Yeah, I was going to say, some of the images are awesome, and then some of them, yeah, some of the faces yeah. on some of them are kind of wonky. But the action yeah. scenes tend to be really cool. But Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, to my uh, understanding, Image is like a independent kind of publisher. You can have things published there. Yep, yep, absolutely. Right. Um, and... Uh, See here, uh, we have inks were done by uh, John Larder and colors by Hi-Fi Color Design. So not just one person. And it was specially dedicated to Larry Hama when these came out, understandably. Yeah, um, now issue two had a special dedication as well. It was to the victims of the 9-11 attacks because it came out around that time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the other thing that was really cool with these issues uh, is they would have not only the cool front cover, but they would also have a cool image on the back cover. Yeah. Uh, typically, the the first print covers would 
have it would they would spotlight a character. So on the back of the first issue, they had uh, Snake Eyes, and on the back of the second issue, they had Destro. Yeah. And when they did the second print, what they did is they basically flip flopped the back cover, made it the front cover, and put the front cover on the back. So, um, and then they also would have pinups inside. Uh, so first off, the the back cover. Uh, let's see, that was done by. Let's see if it shows me here. I thought it did. Jason Alexander. Yes. Yes. And then. Um, but then they'd also have pinups on the inside. This one actually, ha- the first issue has a pinup of, um, what was that? I'm trying to remember here who's, who's in there. Oh, it was Destra on the inside, which yeah. is right inside the, the back cover there. And then the pinup on the inside for, uh, for issue number two was of, uh, Roadblock cooking. Yeah. And he's, he's cooking with a book called Cooking with Kung Fu Grip. Yeah, he's more cartoony. Yeah, for sure. And that one was done by Mike Norton, who I really like as an artist also. Oh, yeah, he's he's great. Yeah. So. And just to point out for our friend Kevin Longman, all of these were actually printed in Canada. Yes. <laughs> so there you go, Kevin. Printed in Canada, baby. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. A real American hero printed in Canada. Right. What What will we see next? I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, so what I'm going to do, uh, what we typically do on these episodes is I'm going to kind of go through summary, uh, of what happens in the issue kind of page by page. Chuck, feel free to jump in with anything you noticed on those pages, anything you liked, anything you didn't like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, any little factoid you might know about different things. But, uh, yeah. And don't forget listeners, when you hear the chimes, go ahead and turn the page. <laughs> I am not putting a chime into every single time I turn the page. <laughs> Just read along with Ryan's story time, and when you hear the chime, turn the page. You son of a bitch. It's like you guys when you were in Baltimore and you kept throwing stuff in just so I'd have to put sound effects in. It's <laughs> awesome, yeah. Yeah, I'm not putting a chime every time I turn the page. I'm sorry. <laughs> but feel free to follow at home. It's perfectly yeah. cool. Um, so we're, we open up. We're in uh, southern Florida. In the Everglades, the center of operations for the Dreadnought Syndicate. So it's now a syndicate. It's not just a, a, band, a gang together. Um, and we get well, a lot. A lot happens in seven years. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and we kind of get a, uh, we get some talk going back and forth between some Dreadnoughts. Uh, they're just out on guard duty, and they're talking about Big Z, referring to Zartan, uh, and. You get a little gist of what's kind of going on or what's been going on. Yeah, they don't know why Zartan's hooking back up with Cobra. They think they're doing fine without him. Exactly. Um, But while they are talking, uh, we have a new character, which uh, was... And I'm pretty sure this was the first time he was introduced, right? He he wasn't in the original Marvel run at all. Not Uh, to my knowledge, yeah. Yeah. So we have Kamakura, uh, which is funny because that character that is Kamakura in this series has is now the snake eyes in or one of the snake eyes in the uh, IDW version of a real American hero. And Larry Hama has said that he didn't take the character from the devil's do run. I'm like, I don't buy it. <laughs> it's the same name of the character. <laughs> um, same civilian name, I should say. Um, yeah. He doesn't name him Kamakura. Otherwise that would, I would talk called total bullshit then. Um, 
So we have Kamakura is actually watching. We see that he's got an Arashikagi tattoo on his arm. Uh, we also see that a uh, crocodile is sneaking up on him. Uh, or so it Yeah, believes. I thought we were going to get the uh, Croc Master in here, but we didn't. Yeah, I actually thought the same thing when uh, when I read this the first time. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh, that'd be cool. But uh, no such luck. But we do get the the Croc comes lunging at Kamakura on the second page there, and Kamakura very nonchalantly, while still looking through the binoculars, uh, puts a sword right through its head. Yeah, it takes him out. Yep. He's just he's just gathering intel so he can report back to the silent master. He's yeah. there on recon duty. Yeah. And who is the silent master? It's one of the uh, the silent master is one of the guys who was uh, taught uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. The silent master, the hard master. Right. But who is the who is the silent master now? Ah, Jesus. I'm oh, spot. In, in this issue. Who is it? Oh, Snake Eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean like back in the day. I meant like right now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So Kamakura comes back, uh, talks to the Silent Master, who we find out uh, in the page ahead uh, is actually Snake Eyes. Uh, yeah. He's taken on that role. Um, so he takes the, intellig- uh, the intel from uh, Kamakura. He goes down to a secret area uh, in the hut that he's in. We see a bunch, a whole bunch of arsenal and a big video screen. And he contacts who? But it's Chuck. Duke. That's right. <laughs> Which I would expect nothing less. Yeah. Um, so they're still chums. They're still hanging out. Yep. And uh, find out. It's that good the, to see that Scarlet didn't come between them. You know, they right. can still put that. They can still get around that. And put it past them. You know. Well, we're gonna find out what happened with Scarlet in a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, she's uh, all over everything. Right. But uh, one of the things I found interesting here was. Uh, he's using, uh, the device he uses for the Intel is a liquid protein storage disk, which can hold 2000 gigs of storage, which nowadays probably isn't a whole lot. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. Right. Back then it definitely was a lot. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is, uh, that I found interesting was that we are, I know technology wise, they are exploring liquid type things to, and, in order to store more data than ever possible before. So not too far off when you look at some of the science fiction stuff of uh, GI Joe and everything that, you know, some of the things we are actually making now. So, um, but there, then we get the title, you know, he, uh, uh, title page where it's GI Joe American hero. Re- the, the storyline's called reinstated. Uh, we get a cool little picture flashback picture that's hanging up in the locker there. With the dog mm-hmm. tags, and we got Gung Ho, Roadblock, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, and it uh, looks like Quick Kick. Quick Kick, yeah. yeah. Now, this is like a four issue. The first four issues is this reinstated storyline. Yep. And we see uh, in the title there, it says, Appearing in Comics for the First Time Since 1994. Yeah. So then we get uh, on the next page there, Duke is talking to a bunch of people, and we find out who he's talking to in a little <sighs> bit, uh, but he's letting them know that uh, Cobra is back. Uh, he says, you know, basically pictures do uh, better justice than words ever could shows a bunch of his tanks with the Cobra symbol on them. Uh, got some vipers and some crimson guard there. And then we see lo and behold Cobra commander, which this pick this uh, page I thought was really cool. Like this would be a cool page to own with Cobra commander there in the crimson oh. guard and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but Duke says, you know, GI Joe's back in action. They've been, they've been reinstated. And uh, we see all that's there is on the next page, which is uh, Roadblock, Scarlet, uh, Flint, 
uh, Snake Eyes and Shipwreck. And this is where some of the faces start going wonky, as you had mentioned. Because <laughs> he looks bad. Yeah, Flint looks bad. <laughs> um, so he basically, uh, Duke goes around the table to make sure everyone's in. He asks Flint. He asks Scarlet. Uh, Roadblock, I love that they threw in the rhyming with him. He's like, you know I'm in to bash some snake skin. It's like, that's yeah. Roadblock. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got the same personalities as the yeah. cartoon. Yeah. And you know so what's really cool? Yeah, you know what this reminded me of was it reminded me a lot of the feel that we got with the uh, Danger Girl G.I. Joe crossover. Yeah, yeah. It was because it was more like the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so they're sure, all when they show the Cobra operatives, they, yeah, like, they show the, the Baroness co- looks hideous. Oh my god, she looks horrible. She looks like a granny or something. <laughs> yeah, it looks bad. Um, Firefly looks awesome, but that's not hard to do. Uh, he has no pupils, right? <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> I guess if you're like the Undertaker, I will say the the Crimson Twins look pretty cool. Like their faces look, they look like a '90s romance novel, right? That's cool. All right. <laughs> Dr. Mindbender looks good. Although he does yeah. not look good later when we see him. But he looks Zorana good. at the top, the top left corner, Zorana looks okay. Yeah, she looks good. Like even the helmets for the Crimson, the Crimson Guard, they look horrible. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind those. They didn't have helmets like that though. Yeah. Looks like Darth Vader. Yeah. 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 Um, so then chocolate in my peanut butter. <laughs> right. So then they're, uh, they all leave the briefing room after being brought up to speed on all the Cobra agents. Uh, Shipwreck and Roadblock talk about going out and getting drinks, and Flint uh, jumps in and says, hey, count me in. Time to get caught up. Uh, Shipwreck lets Snake Eyes and Scarlet know that, you know, hey, if you guys want to come with us, but then he realized, hey, they're in the middle of something tense. So he's like, yeah, we're going to be at Clyde's if you want to show up. Now... I know they make a lot of references in both issues to really cool stuff from, you know, the previous series and everything else. Was Clyde's ever a place that you know of? Like, no. Okay. I didn't know if that was like something that a place they'd gone to in the past or something. So I wonder if there's any significance to the name. Um, I don't know. But they start walking out and uh, there's just like a soldier there that is like totally impressed. He's like, wow, Joe's in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, then we get uh, five panels that all look the exact same, which means artists only had to draw it once. But it's yeah, <laughs> and Scarlet looks bad in each one of them. <laughs> well, it's the same drawing. <laughs> yeah, she looks horrible. So uh, they're just—it's Snake Eyes and Scarlet. You know, Scarlet's no, 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 not the no, no, You know no, how no. some guys can draw women really, really good. Yeah, like Frank Cho. Uh, yeah, bodies, faces. Mm-hmm. This guy's not one of those guys. <laughs> they don't always look bad. He's just not. Oh, cons- he's just not consistent. For the women, no, they they all look pretty bad. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I felt like. Um, well, we'll get to some characters later, but yeah, like there's a couple that weren't. Yeah, but not good. <laughs> um, but anyway, Scar- even Zartan. Zartan looks really bad. Like he looks like the mole man. Well, Zartan's supposed to be like messed up though. Like he's supposed to have a skin condition and stuff like that. So that's what I chalked that up to. Nah, they're just alluding to the, they're playing it up like he's got some, yeah, I gotcha, but yeah. But, uh, Scarlet smacks Snake Eyes, and then she walks away, so we know there was some bad thing that happened between the two of them. Yeah, you know, he's just thinking, that bitch. (laughs) Um, then we got the next page here, Cobra Commander's addressing all of his, uh, 
subjects from the past. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we have, well, they want to all, they want to all know why they're there. They want to know what's going on. Um, most of Cobra has disbanded or been captured. These are the last ones there. Dr. Mindbender looks Mind like he's going to pull out, he's going to pull out like a, a butterscotch and hand it to him. Like he looks yeah, like, like a Werther's original, <laughs> right? <laughs> Major blood, you know, he, time is Baroness and, and, you know, Mole Man Zartan. <laughs> Mole Man Zartan. <laughs> he looks like the Mole Man. <laughs> he doesn't from, look, he doesn't look like that does. bad. No. Oh, gee, look at the next page. <laughs> he's, he's grumpy. Um, yeah, like it's constipated. So, so they all want to, like you said, they all want to know why they're there. They want to know how do they benefit by joining up with Cobra again because, you know, it hasn't been successful for them in the past. Yeah. Um, so then Cobra Commander reveals that they have this uh, new technology of nanomachines. Uh, yeah, another harebrained scheme. Right. <laughs> Which, if you think about it, that was the G.I. Joe movie, the first one. Right. Well, and the, but the thing is, if you think about it, too, like, it makes perfect sense. There needs to be this crazy technological wonder that Cobra's going to use to take over the world. So it, it, it makes perfect sense to me to do something like this. But supposedly these, these nanobot, nanomachines can, like, do anything. Like, basically, like... Oh, you want crops destroyed? They'll do that. If you want to make someone sick and they die from that sickness, they can do that. They, yeah, they it's, can, it's basically a Ginsu knife. It can yeah. do anything you want. Right. You can slice, it can dice. You cut a tin can, you know, whatever. Right. So uh, a Cobra Grunt announces that the final guest has arrived, but they uh, gets whacked and knocked out by an Iron Grenadier. And we see yeah. Destro come walking in. And With the biggest fucking boots since Gene Simmons. <laughs> I was just going to mention that. <laughs> like, oh my God, Gene Simmons would be envious of this man's foot attire. <laughs> They're moon boots. <laughs> Destro is straight pimping. <laughs> he is, as he should. It's Destro. Of course, yeah. of course. I would expect nothing less. Right. A lot, of, lot more red on the outfit than uh, in the yeah, past. Yeah. But, you know, hey, whatever. For sure, yeah, but it's yeah, still good. I actually do like how the Iron Grenadiers look, though. I think they yeah, look they look a little bit better, yeah. Yeah. Um. So Destro, uh, you know, sits down. Uh, he wants to know, you know, where we left off and everything else. Um. Then we go to the next page where all the yeah, other Joes are getting called up. Uh, yeah, a lot more Joes are being called to action here. Yeah. You know. You have uh, Gung Ho, Wild Bill, Lady J, Dusty, Mainframe. Rock and roll, Jinx, Spirit, and then Bazooka gets called. Well, Stalker too. Oh yeah, Stalker at the very top. Yeah. Yeah. And Bazooka. Yeah. Bazooka. Poor old, fat, out of shape Bazooka. Balding Bazooka. <laughs> I loved how he's like, "Is there a sort of fitness test involved?" Yeah. Um, he looks like a rental cop. He does. Well, and that's probably what he's doing. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, I love that Dusty's still out in the field. Uh, of it looks like yeah, he looks like a French Foreign Legion or something. Yeah. And then uh, you can tell from Lady J's response that her and Flint are together. Uh, so, referring to him as Honey. Yeah. And uh, Or maybe he's just one of those guys who just called women Honey all the time and slapped him on the ass. <laughs> no. And he's always called in the HR. No. You know, who knows? He could no. have been that guy. They established later that they got married. <laughs> but we don't know. That, he just, you know. that That's more like shipwreck to do something like that. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Flint. I would put it past Flint. Flint's a stand-up guy. 
in the yeah, in this series. Sit down. In this <laughs> right in this series. In Reloaded, he might be that type of guy you're referring to. <laughs> I don't know. He seems like a drunk. <laughs> well, in, again, in Reloaded, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah, what do you think? He gets loaded in Reloaded. Um. So we have uh, uh, General Hawk is addressing the, the all the forces there. Uh, yeah, he's giving them the the football coach pep talk. Exactly, because they're the best of the best. They they're starting a new team, and uh, I like how uh, he loses his mind with with Kamakura. He's like, "What in the Sam Hill is this?" <laughs> he says, "How'd the yeah. Green Power Ranger get here?" <laughs> and he's like. He's like, I won't repeat Ninja Force recruitments. The upper brass passed in the 90s, which I loved that because it was like that's yeah, one was of awesome. the downfalls of G.I. Joe was Ninja Force <laughs> comics. <laughs> that was horrible. It was. It was. Um, so obviously he gets it okay because since uh, Snake Eyes. <laughs> Duke, Duke vouches for him. Right. Uh, he's Well, Duke just says Snake Eyes vouches for him. Let's not put too much on Duke there. Well, I mean, Duke's the go-between between Snake Eyes and Hawk. He's like the liaison. Right, but the reason Hawk is okay with it is because Snake Eyes said it was okay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> Duke's the liaison because, you know, he's like Eskimo Brothers with uh, Snake Eyes. No, no. I don't know. No. Um, you don't know. Maybe. And we know that that's not Ace flying in the bottom right panel because the jet is still in the air. Um, well, for now, yeah. <laughs> right. Been. right. Um, I do like how General Hawk is... Talking to uh, Duke about the jugglers and bringing that up, and he's like, "Yeah, come on, we know you've been involved with them uh, this whole time." So um, then, yeah, we they're go, just rehashing everything. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Then we have uh, Dest- we're back at Destro talking to Cobra Commander, and uh, you know, yeah. don't understand why you're working with this bike gang. I love that he called him a buffoon. Yeah, total more classic. more wonky baroness. Yes, more wonky baroness. Um. And Cobra Commander basically says, like, if you don't like how I'm trying to run things, maybe you should try to do it. And yeah, he tells him to sh- you shut your mouth and sit down. <laughs> He's like, maybe I should. Yeah, I was actually very impressed that Cobra Commander, like, shut Destro down. Like, I thought that yeah. was pretty cool because normally Destro is the one that gets the upper hand in Cobra Commander. But right, not, right. In this, not in this case, at least not in this moment. Uh, then we go to the next page there, and they're all... All the Joes are kind of catching up at Clyde's there, and this is where we get confirmation that Flint and Lady J were married. Uh, they're wondering what happened to. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a roadblock. Roadblock, Flint, and shipwreck. Yeah, and they're they're trying to figure out what happened, but uh, evidently, what had happened was Snake Eyes left. What two weeks? I think it was before the wedding. Just just up and disappeared. Uh, yeah, the wedding to uh, Scarlet. So he went back to his hunting cabin. Yeah. So we don't know why, we don't know, you know, what happened to cause it, but they just they just think he's been through so much and he's just messed right. up and he can't he can't, he be, can't happy. be normal. Yeah. He he does he's not looking for a normal life. Yeah. Uh then we go to uh, a scene I'm sure that you love. My favorite page. I figured it probably this was. My favorite page and the, I would like to own this page. Cobra <laughs> Commander with his whores. <laughs> he's got like two, you know, yeah. tramps in the bedroom there and right. he's like, you know, hey one of them, yeah. one of them's named Candy. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a reference way back to like GI Joe in, the, in like the forties, forty two, forty five, something like that. Oh, really? They had a, a girl named Candy. Yeah. Okay. 
she wasn't one of Commander's whores or anything. <laughs> she was just a character, yeah. Candy, yeah. Yeah. So uh, she needs them in the groin, it looks like. <laughs> well, yeah, one of them is working for Destro. Destro, yeah. And uh, her yeah. name is actually Lillian. Uh, yeah. So Candy's still one of Cobra Commander's, uh, you know, girls in the stable. Right. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, Cobra Commander calls for the guards. The Crimson Guard come in. And they're like, uh, Cobra Commander says, seize him. And uh, Duster says, yes, indeed. He snaps his fingers, and all the guards surround Cobra Commander. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, Issue one. Right. On. So so what do you think? Okay, so before we go into issue two, what do you think of issue one? Like, what were your thoughts back when you read it, back in the day? And what are your thoughts now? Like, have your thoughts changed from what it was, or...? I was just happy G.I. Joe comics were back. I mean, I think I was a little bit more forgiving of the art. Yeah. Just because they were back. And, oh, my God, it's G.I. Joe. Oh, my God, Destro's trying some stuff. He's pulling on the Cobra Commander. Yeah. They're bringing the Joes back. I wonder how many back. I wonder if some of my favorite Joes are coming back. Yeah. It looks like just some big-name guys from the cartoon are here. But who knows? Maybe they'll introduce a couple other guys. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of thoughts running around. Uh, circling on a first issue like this but yeah what did you think i mean looking of, back uh, at it now yeah <laughs> not a little bit more rough now than it was back then the the yeah the art for sure i mean the storyline's good it's solid setup yeah yeah it's a solid story there's yeah. nothing wrong with the story yeah i i think i even like the story more today than i did before yeah but the the art is just it's tough yeah. in places I would, I would, it's not a bad art book altogether. It's not right. total, you know, snarf, snarf it or something like that, but it's, not it's rough in some places. It's not COD. No, fuck, no. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That fucking guy. I can't, I can't even look at some of his shit, dude. That guy should not be allowed to hold a pencil. Fuck me. I'd rather not. No, um, no, seriously. But anyways, um, yeah, my experience is kind of the same as yours, where uh, back when it came out, Number one, back when it came out, I was, even though it was 2001, I still wasn't at a level where I was, like, really paying attention to artists or, like, following creators. I was really just like, oh, G.I. Joe, I'm going to pick this up. Um, yeah. I didn't know who the hell Josh Blaylock was. I didn't know who Steve Not Kirk was. Uh, nope. Any of that. I was just like, oh, cool, G.I. Joe, let me pick this up. And um, and I remember really loving it back then because, it, like you said, been without G.I. Joe for a long time. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I think now... Reading it, uh, I agree with you. I think I actually like the story better now than I even did back then because it's a solid setup story. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, the art—it's like some pages I'm like, oh, I, I like this, and some pages I'm like, what the hell am I looking at right here? What, yeah. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> How many beers deep are we now? <laughs> so, um, you know, he's probably the nicest guy in the world. We probably met him at a convention. Yeah, and he's like, you know, listening. He's like, you fucking dicks. I swear to God, <laughs> they, they said they loved it. They said it was great, and now all of a sudden, I can't draw shit. <laughs> um, and I don't remember how long Kurth was on the title, so that'll be interesting to see how long he stays on. Because I don't think he's on it the full run. Oh, thank fucking God! I don't think he is. I'll have to check. He might be. I don't know. Jesus, <laughs> it's been so long since I've even looked at these. Right. I now this little uh, before we hit the next issue here. Yeah. I had pulled out all of my uh, GI Joe America's Elite because I really, really love that series. Yeah, yeah. So I had pulled all that out aside. 
with hopes of one day getting to bind it all together into uh, one cohesive book like our buddy Travis does all the time. Right, right. So I always wanted to do that in the back of my mind. I always wanted to get that storyline bound yeah. just for one nice book. And I want to do the same thing with uh, um, Reloaded. Yeah. Just get those issues bound in the hardback and just put them on the shelf for a little shelf porn. But yeah. that's just me. Yeah, no, that's very cool. No, I like that. Um, the, and the well, and the thing is, I remember. So I got all these issues as they came out. I think you did too. Um, most of them, I think I had to go back and fill a couple holes okay. because again, I still wasn't like totally back in the comic books. I was like, gotcha. I, you know, Hey GI Joe's back. I'll pick up a couple here and there. Right. And, uh, it was right around the time I started getting back in the comics. Yeah. Well, and the thing is I, I bought all these issues as they came out and at least for this series. Now when America's league came out, I bought those issues for a while, but then I stopped because I was. It was one of those things where I was getting behind on my reading. Yeah, and G.I. Joe got the axe. Right. <laughs> and it happens. What are you going to do? Right. Um, I think I even like had stopped getting comics altogether, and that's really what caused it. Um, Holy hell. Yeah. Just take us down that road. What <laughs> happened there? I don't remember. I think that may have been the time I was like getting married and everything else, because 2001 is when I did get married. Um Oh, so, yeah. well, so you were, you know, so maybe, getting married, buying a house. So yeah, plans. After, yeah. So after a couple of years of that, I was like, eh, I'm going to stop getting comics. But then I, got, I, that didn't last very long. It's like time <laughs> to grow up, be a man. And I was like, nope. Put my, put my things behind me. Box these things up. Give it to some underprivileged kids. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm going to read this. <laughs> so I actually remember I, I sold my entire run of this series. Holy shit! Yeah. And then I had to go out, and then I wanted it back, so I actually had to go out and find it all over again. So, uh, which actually was pretty fun. I was, yeah, you know, it, you know, for the most part, I was able to hunt them down because that's back when you and I were going to uh, the Super Ohio, Show, Super Show, yeah. and Mid Ohio Con, and yeah, and that was back when you could find all these issues in the back bins. Yeah, fifty cent bins, right? Because these these issues had only been out like maybe the last within the last five or six years. So you could find these in the back bins. You go to like Baltimore con now or something like that. And look for these issues. You're going to find like one or two, maybe, maybe and they're <laughs> going to be like six, seven bucks. Maybe. Yeah. Depending on what they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to find all like the Dreamwave transformers that way and all that type of stuff too. Cause I did the nice. same thing with them as I got rid of all my Dreamwave transformers. And I was like, crap, I want those back. <laughs> so yeah, that's good stuff too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not getting rid of any of these anytime soon. So <laughs> maybe we should get in contact with Travis and figure out how. Well, I am not looking to bind mine. Uh, you are welcome to, I have a hard time seeing my comics taken apart. <laughs> even for the even for the sake of putting I don't think they do it right in front of you <laughs> I hope not they send you a video to torture you <laughs> I think I think what he does is uh, you have to like take uh, the the staples yourself off. yeah I can't do that and you put the issues in what order you want or something like that yeah and yeah they you know I cut them and bind them for you yeah I'm not gonna be able to do that <laughs> Yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that. Sorry, but no. But uh, then you get a nice book in the mail. Yeah, but that's okay. I'm all right. I can't do that. <laughs> you should try it with one of those series like you have so many of that, you know, yeah, down in the basement. Care. Just yeah. yeah, just you know, 
to see what happens, how it looks. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, no. I can't bring myself to do that. <laughs> Stop trying to push that on me. <laughs> it's it's not like you're Nazi bull. You're just putting them together in another format. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing a book burning, but definitely not. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> can't do it. Not seeing it. Right? Yeah. No, I just I don't see that ever happening. I'd rather go fi- hunt down the trades of these series and have them that way than to oh. than to take these apart. <laughs> Those are even coming, you know, a little bit more scarce to find. They are. Yeah, the disavowed ones and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 But, but no, with, with this series, because it, like this series of Devil's Do and some of the other Joe stuff that I have really only take up like two short boxes for me. That's including mm-hmm. all the IDW stuff and everything. They take up two, maybe two and a half short boxes for me. So they don't take up a lot of room. They're ones I'm going to always keep. I don't mind pulling these out issue by issue and going through them. So. Um, there's other stuff that I'm kind of getting rid of the issues because I already have trades or hardcovers of, and I'm like, I, I, I'm fine with just the trade and the hardcover. So nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So going into issue two, uh, on the cover of this one, we have Destro holding. Cobra oh, oh I, yes. I, I forgot to do the chimes for issue one. We got to go back. <laughs> We're not doing the chimes. <laughs> I got to go back and put the ch- chime. <laughs> I'm going to chime you in a minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. You know you missed it. You know you missed it. I did miss you. I missed I missed doing the show with you. Nah, I miss you too. <laughs> chime. <laughs> Turn the page. Read along with Ryan. How many drinks are you in now? <laughs> I'm actually drinking tea. Are you? Gray, okay. Hot. Yeah, we're not doing the, the uh, shots of whiskey yet or anything like that. You're just going to gloss over that Star Trek reference, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> I didn't even know, right. honestly, I didn't even know that was a Star Trek reference. Yeah, it's, uh, Picard. Okay. He always drinks Earl Grey. He gets tea. Earl Grey. Hot. Okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That's how much, that's how little I care about Star Trek. <laughs> You're killing me. If it's not about red shirts or red shirts, yeah. Enter- the Enterprise, <laughs> I don't really know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I do know the, what was it, the... Uh, well, you know O'Hara's got a nice ass. That's well, yeah, yeah. But uh, what's the Ko- the Kobayashi Maru? I know that. The Kobayashi Maru, yeah. I, I know that. I know, uh, you know, Spock's a Vulcan. Like, I know some of the stuff, but the, the T thing, no, I did not know that was a Star Trek reference. So You know Gene Roddenberry, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, good. he did Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> Wasn't he the second Sulu? <laughs> right. No, I'm aware of who Gene Roddenberry is. So, like I said, right, I, like I said, I like the movies. The movies are fine. I just, oh, the movies are phenomenal. I just don't like the new movies. ones. Well, I even like the old movies. Yikes! Some of those are real stinkers. Well, yeah, some of them are stinkers. But I'm saying, like, like there's good ones in there. Like, I love Wrath of Khan. I love First Contact. Like, there's some good movies in there. Yes, there are some stinkers in there, but. I prefer, I would watch any of the movies over watching any of the TV show. <laughs> the TV show just does nothing for me whatsoever. And I have tried. I have tried many times. And, and I have tried. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know for a fact that I will try something and change my mind on it because I did that with Doctor Who. I was like, I, right, right. I won't like Doctor Who. I've never liked Doctor Who. And you're like, try this episode. And I was like, all right, I'll try that episode. I tried that episode. It was really good. Hell yeah, it was. Um, now, I made the mistake of watching some other episodes that weren't so good, and I still say some of those episodes aren't good. But overall, 
I really do love the new Doctor Who series from uh, Eccleston up through now. So yeah, so I'm so I am a Doctor Who fan now, and I was someone that I thought I would never like Doctor Who before. So, but I've but I've tried. And you're welcome. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. But uh, but yeah, Star Trek. I I've even I've even done it. <laughs> We're gonna go down it's this like, path. It's like Ryan's intervention, right? I've even done it. Like you know how they say your tastes in food change every seven years or something like that. Yeah, your taste buds. Oh change. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've even tried following that thought with Star Trek, thinking, okay, it's been ten years since I've watched anything. Let me try watching again. And I'm like, nope, nope, can't do it. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I'm at the point now with food and where I'm at in my life where I just you know just put it in front of me and I think I'm just gonna eat it. <laughs> You're going to follow the Keith Knitson. Like, if it's on my plate, I have to finish it. It's on it. my plate. I, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I don't think there's really nothing that you would just throw at me, you know, normal Ranch cuisine. Dressing. Not anything. I think I would eat it. Would you? Really? Wow. I've eat, I've eat the cool those, you know, recently. The cool kids like those. Okay. And they're not bad. No, I like them. I like ranch. Now, so before, I used to not really like them or not care for them. Yeah. And we've gotten uh, homemade ranch dressing at this uh, this restaurant over by us. The one, we get like hot wings or something. I'll get like yeah. blue cheese, but she'll get ranch. Yeah. And it's like homemade ranch, and I, I oh, tried that's it. that's good stuff. And it's really good. Yeah. Homemade ranch, you can't beat that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's like house-made ranch, and I tried it on the celery, and I, I'm like surprised. I'm like, it's really good. Yeah. Um, no, I'm still at a stage where there's things I won't eat. Like, I still don't like mustard. Um, <laughs> mustard? I, I like mustard. I still don't like butterscotch. Um, oh, it's phenomenal. No, it's not. Did you try the right one? I've tried butterscotch of all different types. I've even tried the horrible butterscotch cookies that you tricked me into eating. <laughs> Those were good, right? No. <laughs> did we ever tell that story? Yeah. What did I tell you it was? Um, you told me it was peanut butter cookies. Something, yeah. So we were at, we were great. at lunch at work. I was like, are these good? And well, how can you fucking not like a cookie? Well, we've already well, so we've already uh, had already talked before this about how you didn't like ranch and I didn't like butterscotch, and yeah. you you would not believe it. So so the one day we're at lunch and you had, had you had some homemade cookies and you're like, you want a cookie? And I was like, oh, what kind are they? And you said they were peanut butter and they had the like the pressed in look like a peanut butter cookie would peanut butter chips. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like. I was like, all right, and I or took a I took a bite caramel or something. Yeah. yeah, maybe they were caramel. I told you. Yeah, no, you said you said peanut butter. I remember because I I don't know because you always remember exactly what happened when someone betrayed you. <laughs> <laughs> betrayed. <laughs> you always remember the moment when you. There it is, right there. Right. So I remember you said it was peanut butter, and because I also remember they had that cross hatching on the top of the cookie, just like a peanut butter cookie. Oh right. yeah, yeah. So. So I was like, okay. So I took I took one out. I took a bite, and I was like, this is not peanut butter. You're like, it's good, right? And I was like, no, this is butterscotch. <laughs> and you're like, but it's right, good. it's good, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> you wasted a perfectly good butterscotch cookie on me. You didn't realize that they were good. No, they weren't. <laughs> to you, they were good. To me, they were. That's what evil tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> evil. <laughs> you ask anybody; those are good. No. Now I will say, like my wife doesn't understand how I can like caramel, but not like butterscotch. And she's like, it's basically the same thing. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's completely almost different. the same thing. No, they're complete. They taste completely different from each other. They they taste different, but it's made very similar. They're made very similar, but 
a lot of things are made very similar, but taste very different from each other. That's true. So look at look at Mexican food. It's basically all the same ingredients. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it's, it's, I'd like wrong? to apologize to our Mexican listeners. Am I wrong? Juan, I, I, Paco, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Mexican food, but am I wrong in that? I do too. Like all, what me- are you talking about? All Mexican food basically has the same five ingredients. <laughs> oh my god! There's cheese, what, is, what ingredient? Cheese, beans, uh, uh, more cheese, no. <laughs> beef. Oh my god! <laughs> beef or chicken? Some type of some type of meat. Yeah, some type of meat. Uh, some type of shell, whether it's a soft tortilla or hard shell. Are you Mex or Mexican? No, I'm talking about Mexican food. And then you have some type of... Because pe- there's like Tex-Mex food. And then you have some type of peppers in there. Go to any Mexican restaurant, look at the menu, and tell me that there's, oh my more, God. Tell me there's more than five ingredients there. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Mexican food. It's like my second favorite food. Oh, yeah. After, yeah, it's great. After Italian. Italian's top of the line, but... That's very similar too. You oh, have I agree. a pasta. Yeah. You have and a, a sauce. sauce. Right. And you have a protein. I mean, it, it's almost the same. They use three ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more separation in my ingredients. Right. So they get crazy with those extra two ingredients. Right. <laughs> but no. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just like food. It's good. Italian's number one. Mexican's number two for me, so. And then probably Chinese and American after that. I love Chinese food. Yeah. Oh, I did. I had Chinese food for dinner tonight. Nice. Picked up some uh, General Tso's chicken before That's we recorded. Stuff. Oh, it's so good. All right. Yeah. So, so we're ready to There's a little local place over by us. Does a phenomenal job on it. So after that huge tangent, are you ready to cover issue number two now? <laughs> I just so save it for next time. <laughs> this is the stuff. No, people, let's go. This let's is go. the stuff people miss, though. This was the the, the yes. weird tangents. The, like, let's admit it. Tonight, neither one of us thought we were going to talk about Star Trek and about food. <laughs> well, maybe we were going to talk no. about food. <laughs> well, you know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm off work tomorrow, so I'm going to like make me some breakfast. Uh-huh. I got some bacon. Everything's maybe some bacon. eggs. Oh, anything's bacon. Yeah. Your your last meal on Earth should have bacon in it somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. I agree. If you're on death row and you don't have bacon, right. you've wasted your entire life. I can tell you right now, my my last meal is going to involve filet mignon wrapped in bacon. So that's one of the items wow. in my last meal. One of the items. Well, there's two. Okay, I, I got this down to a science is my last meal. Because evidently I'm planning on murdering someone at some point. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I'm thinking it's me. <laughs> so, so I've thought about what am I going to have as my last meal. So I'm going to have two filet mignons wrapped in bacon. I'm going to have a lobster mm-hmm. tail. I'm going to have a big baked potato. At the taxpayer's bucket. expense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's your last meal. You get whatever you want. <laughs> so I've heard it. Yeah, least. go big. <laughs> big baked yeah. potato, butter and sour cream, corn on the cob, a, a salad with ranch dressing, a little side salad, because I want to be healthy before I die. Uh, <laughs> why not with croutons and cheese and everything on it and then uh, and then dessert I want a, a slice of pumpkin pie and a, and a slice of cheesecake nice and as an appetizer 
uh, six, oh my God. six wings. Nice. So that's my Buffalo or barbecue. Uh, barbecue. Nice. Yeah, I'm already gonna be. I want, I'm already I want, be fried. I don't want to be on uh, fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want breakfast. <laughs> Here's a bowl of cereal. I want biscuits and gravy. <laughs> okay. No, I want biscuits and gravy. I want a side of bacon. Uh-huh. Black coffee. I want some pancakes, some scrambled eggs. Okay. Hash browns. That's that's a good meal. That's, that's good, what I want. That's a good last meal. All right. That's all I want. Blueberry so, pancakes. Awesome. So when Chuck and I go on death row, that's what we're going to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't you guys got to write us when we're on death row because I look forward to these correspondence. <laughs> right. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably still do the podcast while we're on death row. <laughs> I think you're allowed. I think you are. I think you'd get a pass. You get the, you get the message up. You don't get a pass. Don't bring that shit up again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it goes. No. Years since the Sopranos. We're we're okay? we're not. And I think we're not going to be that close in. Prison, you get a pass. Chuck. No, we're not going to be that close in prison, Chuck. <laughs> if they put us in the same cell, we're that close. We're not having a pass. <laughs> You're going to be passed the fuck you out when I punch you. <laughs> Whatever you're into, buddy. <laughs> no. But hey, what up? No. All right, issue two. <laughs> All right, issue two. Moving on. So on the cover of issue two, we have Destro, Baroness, and some Crimson Guard. Uh, this is, of course, d- again, done by J. Scott Campbell, so the art actually looks good. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, so then we open it up. You notice the Baroness, she's kind of hot. Yeah, she is. Not the other way. And she's wearing kind of, she almost has like a mini skirt on. Like uh, Yeah, like a skirt, but there's like fur around the collar. Right. It's like, like a, a fur coat. It's like a tight fur coat, yeah. I don't know. No, I'm digging it. It looks good. Yeah, it looks good. All right, so uh, we open up, and we see here that we have... Um, a Cobra astronaut. Yeah, which actually, I really like that helmet. Um, uh, it, lo- it reminds me of Crake at an early stage. I wonder if Robert ripped this off. Oh, yeah. It does remind me of that. I, okay, why, next time why, we are see always, why are you always bad-mouthing Robert? <laughs> oh, Robert? You fucking know why. I do, I no, do. I don't know. <laughs> No. So I don't know. Maybe he got inspiration from it. Not saying he directly stole no. it or ripped it off. I would never say that, but maybe he got oh, some inspiration. Well, you kind of did say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say it to his face, but definitely behind his back. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, I maybe, agree, you yeah. know, subconsciously, you know, he saw this or something like that. Yeah. Like, hey, or maybe he saw it. It's like, I could tweak this a little bit to make it look better. Yeah. But it's kind of similar. It is similar. I agree. I totally agree. Um, so not a direct ripoff, but if you squint. Yeah, I get that. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing. You don't yeah. have to convince me. <laughs> so uh, we're up in uh, at a satellite called Gaijin, and uh, Cobra's like accessing the satellite for nefarious reasons, and it's to help with the uh, mm-hmm. nano bots that are going to be sent out. Um, and then we turn the page, and we have Destro doing his sexy pose there. Uh, as he, ex- I love it. <laughs> as he explains what's going on, uh, look at his big gun, <laughs> and he's got a, a gun in his holster too. <laughs> yeah, that one too. <laughs> now on the on the next page over, why does the Crimson Twins, Tomax and Zaymon, look like they're straight out of an Anacrombie and Fitch, <laughs> you know, uh, catalog? They look like they're wearing. And then that. you have Pimp Pimp Mindbender here. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, they, the Crimson Twins look like uh, uh, the kid from Home Alone, uh, Macaulay Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> eh. <laughs> that looks, they, they look, look like they're straight from the photo shoot of Anacrombie and Fitch. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, we have uh, Pimp Daddy uh, Mindbender there. Yeah. Uh, so they're all talking about the, you know, the what's going to happen with the Nanobots, where's Cobra Commander... Yeah, Destro says, you know, I, they want to know why they were called back, and right. yeah, and he basically says, "I'm taking over," um, and Zartan's not liking it, but uh, yeah, the, the long and short of it is like Destro flipped a script on him and used the nanobot technology, nanomites on Cobra Commander, so he's in like a mental institution now. Yep, and they show like he shows like how it's totally warped Cobra Commander's mind that he uh, mm-hmm. thinks that. Everyone's out to get him, which he always thought that anyways. But then we get this... Yeah, even more paranoid than usual. Right. Then we get this oh, yeah. page on, on uh, where he <laughs> is surrounded by these cartoon versions of G.I. Joe and Cobra. You got the Crimson Twins, like a two-headed monster. Um, and I love... And, and the bottom left-hand corner, big why lob, is Big Lob there? Big Lob. I, love, I was just about to point that out. <laughs> love the Big Lob there. Why the fuck is Big Lob there? Well... And then you have uh, Law. You have a whole arsenal and stable of G.I. Joe characters to pull from. Like, they even put Lifeline in the yeah, well, they got, top corner by Alpine. Yeah, they got Lifeline. Law, and there's, there's Iceberg right there underneath Roadblock. Yeah, Chuckles there, too. But fucking Big Love? Yeah, Chuckles. Yeah, he's down on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think like it's Iceberg. That's awesome. Falcon. Falcon over there by Quick Kick and Roadblock. There's Lieutenant Falcon. Yeah. Duke's uh, half-brother. Right. <laughs> um... But yeah, I didn't even see Iceberg in there. That's cool. Yeah. So you got Alpine but there and everything. Big Love. Yeah, why not? I like Big Love. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, why are you? So, uh, so then we, uh. Isn't that like Sean Pryor's favorite Joe? I think so. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Big Love. Little shout out to Sean. <laughs> so now we go back to the Joes and, uh, uh, Duke is sh- introducing all the new recruits to their team, and we have all of them uh, showing all of the Joes there. Uh, Flint looks really bad there. <laughs> he looked- like old man Flint. <laughs> right. Uh, mainframe's not looking too good either in the upper right there. Oh, my God, no. No, he does not look good. <laughs> uh, I do like Wild Bill. Wild Bill looks kick-ass. I think uh, Stalker looks really cool. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. We got, uh, Rock and Roll evidently can grow that beard really fast, because I remember the previous issue. He's yeah, like, oh, he good, was, I, I can go grow my beard back, yeah. <laughs> right, and now he's got a full beard again. It only takes days for some guys. Yeah. Um, and so they're all being, they're all introducing themselves to their, uh, their squad leaders now. So we have this guy, uh, Tony Uke from the FBI. He introduced himself to Rock and Roll, which, I find it interesting because I almost want to copy down some of these names to see if we see these characters later on. Like, do they become other characters, you know, other jokes? Yeah, or something like that? maybe, yeah. Because I'm like, why would you come up with names for some of these characters if you're not going to do that? So Maybe they're just friends of theirs and they put, yeah, that's true. put them in the book. Kind of like what Tom King does. Um, yeah. So uh, they, on the next page, they actually ask what hap- uh, where's Bazooka at and, uh, or Alpine. And Duke points out that Bazooka, uh, he's like, how do I put this? Let's just say only, uh, only those of immediate combat shape were admitted. But we never get an answer for where Alpine is. Like, yeah, maybe it's in another book or something. Maybe yeah. he's like, you know, 
don't know. High on a mountain somewhere. I was disappointed. <laughs> like John, John Denver. Right. <laughs> He's high on a mountain somewhere. Uh, we see Jinx is kicking all the soldiers' asses just to prove that she can. Yeah, uh, she's a hard ass like that. Yeah. Uh, Spirit is in love with the gun that he's been handed. Well, well he's not in love. He's like, you know, he's, he's looking at it, but then he says, like, uh, something about, like, uh, why would you use this weapon when you're not a real warrior? Yeah. Using a real warrior's weapons. Yeah. So he goes all Native American again. Yep. And then, uh, we have Duke pointing out this, these cuffs that they're going to start wearing, which can basically do anything and everything that you can imagine. It's like, yeah, it does this and it does, G- it has GPS, it has heart monitor, it has video. It can even feed you. That was one of the things that really blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Fitbit. Right. To the extreme. Yeah. Like, like if you take a power, Nintendo power glove and a Fitbit. Yeah. <laughs> and some MREs and put them together. That's what these are. Right. Um, and then we get uh, some information from Mainframe, who evidently had a costume change and now looks all like cyborg techie guy. Um, but he he's giving them a rundown of where they have to go, uh, which is Zartan's headquarters, and uh, they're going to have to go in by foot. And I actually like the fact that they pointed out why they can't just go in there and bomb the place. Like, they explain, like, yeah. they're trying to keep it on the down low that Cobra's even back because they don't want to alert the public and scare them. So they can't just go in and cause mass explosions and stuff like that. Um, and then we get on the bottom of the page, the next page there was, we see Billy, which for me, for me, I did not read enough of the Marvel GI Joe back then to know who the hell this character was. I just was like, okay, this is evidently an important character. Um, and I didn't know who it was. Now, obviously, I know I'm well aware of who it is. So, mm-hmm. but I thought it was cool. It's like, okay, he's going to play a factor later. So, um, yeah, and you get the dreadnoughts with their grape soda and chocolate donuts. I loved the fact that later on they brought up the grape soda as like a stock that Torch bought into or something. <laughs> I think it was Torch that bought into it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and they talk about the donuts and everything, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, I liked also how they were beating up a guy just because he had put his coat and it covered up their uh, insignia for the Dreadnoughts. So. Yeah. Um, and then we get introduced to Xanya. So respect. Right. <laughs> yeah. Get introduced to Xanya, and uh, she is Zartan's daughter. And uh, she is evidently... That was another person that was created for this book. Exactly, yep. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Once we're done with this issue, too, I want to kind of get your thoughts on her and, and Kamakura and stuff. So, um, but uh, we find out that she's working directly with Destro, and mm-hmm. she he doesn't want her. Uh, and you can tell that she works for Destro because she has the same giant ass boots that Destro has. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mars standard issue, <laughs> right? Um, but Destro does not want her contacting Zartan. He, he just wants yeah, he's her. like, tell Daddy you'll call him back later. Exactly. Um, and then Destro asks, uh, contacts the Crimson Twins, asks for uh, $5 million to be transferred into his Mars account. Uh, and we don't. I don't think we really know why yet uh, he wants that money. But uh, then he goes to... Yeah, they just wanted to make sure it looks legitimate. It's not yeah. like, you know... Exactly. And then uh, he turns to his general... Uh, which is Lillian, who, uh, that's who we saw in the previous issue, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the same girl. Yeah. And she's oh, who was, uh, one of Cobra Commander's stable. Right. 
And uh, he refers to her as Mistress Arma- Armada, and we see that they kind of have a relationship with each other. We we see that because uh, he refers to her as his love and everything else, which was my first hint of like, wait, what's going on here? Like, why is why is the Baroness not the one that he's in love with and everything? Um, so that was a bit of a mystery there. Um, so then, yeah, but my favorite my favorite thing on the this whole page was yeah. the bottom right hand corner when she calls him Donald Trump. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> Talk about the sign the sign of the times that has circled back again now. Um, yeah, because yeah, torch the saying, score. I'm hitting the freaking jackpot. Yeah, he's talking about being torch is talking about being rich and everything else, and she's like, "All right, Donald Trump, let's go." Yeah, and then uh, we get to see the um, thunder machine. And mm-hmm. uh, Zanya's going to take that out. And uh, so that Viper there in the corner, it's drawn really nice. Yeah, that is done really nice. Uh, but she wants to go alert Zartan. She wants to go tell her dad what's going on. Yeah. And uh, then we're back to the Joes and Gung Ho's trying to show the new recruits, uh, you know, that they can't handle him. And he actually gets flipped by one of them. Uh, he's, and he tells Snake Eyes mm-hmm. got a little cocky. Um. And then Dusty's doing a, a little show there and shoots a, a target of a Cobra a Cobra Commander target right in between the eyes. Yeah. And he's like, when you can uh, do, you know, shoot between the eyes in a sandstorm uh, with one leg and dodge and fire with the other, uh, he says, then you'll be you'll be the best. And all of a sudden this woman named Paige comes up <clears throat> and she does six shots and he's like, mm-hmm. uh, next time try aiming. Because he only sees two hit the target, but uh, Dusty's made aware that while there's only two targets and they're both in the eyes of the snake symbol, uh, all six bullets went through those two targets, which that's damn impressive. Yeah. So I'm actually hoping I don't remember the, I don't remember enough of this series because it's been a long since, time since I've read it. I actually hope she becomes like a character that we see later on. So um, it's a uh, Agent Helix. Yeah, <laughs> very well could be. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. No. I doubt it. Um, now we get the uh, Baroness is talking to Destro. Mm-hmm. And uh, is this, there's a point in this issue where, oh yeah, it's on the next page where she, it's hinted that this is not the Destro that we know. Because she says, yeah. she goes, because Destro is a mad, master strategist on the battlefield, but you, quote unquote, Destro are not. So I'm like, okay, this is not Destro. This is not the Destro that we know. So, you know, it, and the thing is, I think when I re- first read this as a kid, I didn't pick up on that. I was just, I think I probably just read it so fast. I was like, why wouldn't this be Destro? You know, I never even thought of this not being Destro. Yeah, but he goes, they're buying it. Yeah, exactly. So, and we see while uh, Baroness and Destro are talking, uh, Gung Ho is leading a team through the swamps there because he's the most experienced with uh, with swamp terrain. Um, they start taking out some of the Cobra agents that are in the jungles there. Uh, Scarlet yeah, has a nice left hook. And stuff, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, Snake Eyes takes out a bunch of them. And one guy's uh, talking, his name's Chop Shop. And he's like, oh, I, I'll be able to take out the Joes. They ain't all that. You know, those are all just stories and everything else. And he's like, all of a sudden he gets tapped on the back of the head by Snake Eyes and he says, oh boy. And he gets knocked the hell out. Um, yeah. But that sends, uh, an alert out and 
So now the Joes have to open fire. And I really, I like that panel where it says, says yo Joe and it's all of them firing and everything. I think that looks awesome. Yeah. With roadblock stalker. And yeah. Scar. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Then we got the next page there and we have, uh, Xandar is actually up in a tree. Uh, yeah. Wa- w- watching all this taking place. And, uh, then we have Xanya. She's barking out orders to major blood and, uh, back to Destro and everything. Uh, cause it's all going to, Hell in a handbasket right now for them. Yeah, they're being invaded by the Joes. Yep. And, uh, you know, then we have, uh, Mistress Armada. She's being sent, sent out, uh, to take care of everything. Like a good woman is how he's, <laughs> he made me look good, woman. Right. Uh, like Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Um, so yeah, so Xandar jumps down on the Joes. He actually uh, fires a, a tranquilizer dart into Snake Eyes, mm-hmm. uh, but Snake Eyes doesn't go down easy, so Road Pig has to actually knock him out outside of the head. Yeah, with that cinder plug. Yeah, which would kill him. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure you get hit with a cinder block upside the head, you're dead. <laughs> uh, Perhaps. <laughs> right. <laughs> Scarlet is overpowered, so they, uh, they're taken hostage. Uh, Roadblock is shouting out uh where asking where Kamakura is and we see Kamakura taking out three guys. Uh he kicks one in the head and shoots two of them. Uh yeah he tells them I'm tying up loose ends over here. Yep. And then uh Stalker is gonna take a shot at um I think it's Stalker or maybe it's Roadblock. Gonna take uh no I think that is Stalker, isn't it? No it's Stalker. It's yeah, Stalker. Okay. Yeah. He's gonna take a shot out at uh Destro and all them before they can get away with Snake Eyes and Scarlet, but he's uh, a his tank comes rolling up and one of the recruits dives and uh, knocks Stalker out of the way, but he takes the bullets and is basically dead or dying. Um, yeah, and then we see that they all uh, the Cobra agents all leaders all get into these modified anti gravity pods. Yeah, they're like modified trouble bubbles, basically souped yeah. up versions of trouble bubbles. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And That's uh, cool. wouldn't that be a cool toy too? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. it. Looks like a snake on the front. They never really looked at the comics or the cartoon to come up with a lot of the toys. It's like they kind of came up with the toys and the comics and the cartoon. They, they put them in the com- yeah, yeah. They came yeah yeah they they came up with the toy and they put them in the comic right. books and the cartoon. Right. But then there were some that were created for the comics <laughs> and the cartoon that they never thought about going back and making toys of and this would have been a really easy one to do i think so oh yeah um but yeah gung-ho's calling for wild bill to move in fast and just say you know to be continued yep so we don't know what's going to happen next so that's the first two issues in the four-part you know reinstated storyline so we had in these first overall not bad no not bad at all again good story a lot of action uh, I I still really enjoy this story. It's still a favorite of mine. So, question here for you. Uh, we had two big characters that were first introduced in these two issues. So we had Kamakura and we had uh, Zanya. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts about them as characters? Like, did you like them? Did you not like them? Okay with it. Um, when G.I. Joe introduces new characters, it's really plausible and viable because it's military you always getting right. new people in the military new recruits and stuff like that 
Yeah. Same thing with the the enemy. You know, you could have people capture, people die, or they go a different route and explore different venues of people. So it's it's definitely believable. It's plausible. It's something that could happen. Yeah. It's not like uh, oh now there's a new you know super powered guy in New York with superpowers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's easier to do in a street book, not street level book, but in a military book like this as opposed to uh, capes and cowls kind of thing. Yeah, like you said, it makes sense that there's going to be this rotation of characters and stuff that uh, new fresh. Yeah, and even if you in. do the series where it's not like where it's not like the old timeline we're used to this is a more modern timeline yeah and uh gi joe the old guys that we know are a little bit more older and seasoned and then you got these new you know people coming in so it makes more sense yeah um and i still to this day remember kamakura and zanya like they were both characters that stayed in my head not so much with Mistress Armada Lillian. Like I don't remember her at all until I reread these issues. Um, and I, yeah. don't, I don't remember if she's still a character through the whole series or if she disappears at some point. I just don't remember her at all. Um, well, maybe because they were used as a, they were used in other places in the comics and they had their own, you know, yeah. figure toy. So. Well, maybe that's why. Yeah, it might be why. Well, and also I feel like Lillian wasn't a prominent uh, a front character. She's more like a supporting character. Where Zanya and yeah. Amakura were like front and center for a lot of the stories. So um, yeah, and, and even Kamakura got carried over into like Sigma Six and stuff like right, that. So right. And like like I said though, there was also the nice surprise for me, which was the character Paige, which only appeared very briefly. But I'm hoping that we actually see her in the future. I don't think we do. I'm not sure if we do. Uh, but I I have this hope that we will see her because I think she was kind of a cool character. Um, oh yeah, there was there was a lot you could do with a character like that. Yeah. So, but overall, I like it. Um, next time that you and I cover these issues, we'll probably finish this first arc because there's two more issues to finish off the the first arc. Yeah, three and four. Yeah. But I'm looking forward. Yeah, to I might read them tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. I might be just like I want to remember how this ends. Uh. But uh, it's th- I'm looking forward to covering this series because this was a favorite of mine. I want I want us to get up th- up through this series, and I want to get into America's Elite because I think America's Elite was fantastic. So, um, but I know that'll take some time to get there. But I think I think no. each time we do yeah. these, we could probably do two issues at a time because they don't they're not like heavy dense reads or anything. So, well, hopefully by the time we get to America's Elite, I'll have it bound together. Right, that, and hopefully we won't be like sixty-five years old. <laughs> either way, either way, if we are, we are. So, um, but no, it was uh, like I, said, I, I loved being able to pull these back out and read them again. Uh, yeah, they're they're still fun. They're still still relevant. It, you, you could still read it and have fun with it. Yep. It's nothing that's like really so much dated, right. technology wise. No, because like did. no one's pulling out Nokia Seven or something, <laughs> right? Well, they and that's the thing they did a good job of keeping up with what Joe was known for, and I think Robert mentioned this in the past. Like, you can do sci-fi with military in GI Joe. You just don't want to go too sci-fi. Like, like they went like yeah, like not to bash them, but uh, even though uh, even though I had issues with them in the past, uh, Citizens GI Joe. He went way too sci-fi with like he went beyond sci-fi. Like he he took the crazy cartoon episodes, and that's what his series was based on. 
was like, we yeah. got dinosaurs and we got this going on. So it's like, no, that's the G.I. Joe cartoon episodes that no one really remembers and cares about. The one well, there's a whole ge- there's a whole generation of kids that kind of do like those, but it's just not yeah. us. Yeah, it's not us. Well, it wasn't. I don't know how many of them there are because the, those issues didn't sell well. <laughs> no. Well, they, again, they, they might have not sold well because of his you know True. political views or whatever. But yeah, but I don't think they were selling well before that. So um, from what I saw of numbers and everything. So, but. Uh, I like it when you take Joe like this, where it's still military. It's still um, you still have yeah. We've talked all that. Yeah, we, we both enjoy the Danger Girl. Yeah, you know GI Joe Danger Girl crossover, and that was really good. Yeah, because it was GI Joe the way we remembered it. Right. There's like, Bo GI Joe. Yeah, I like them. I like having it military, but I like the fact that they do use some science fiction, you know, some sci-fi elements in there. You got the nanobots in this and stuff like that, but the nanobots feel like something that Cobra would come up with. Uh, yeah. So it's plausible. Yeah. And really, I hate to say it, but wasn't the nanobots what was used for the first GI Joe movie? Yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah. Okay. I was, th- I was thinking you were talking about the, uh, the cartoon movie. I was like, what? Was no, like, no. The, yeah. The, the, the live action. action movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. So they stole from Josh Playoff. <laughs> maybe they did I don't know <laughs> so yeah so like I said I enjoyed it I'm looking forward to more um, probably the next episode that we do uh, assuming that there'll be at least three of us on the episode we're probably going to do the movies of 1989 uh, which will be fun because it'll be the first time this show has ever completed something <laughs> which is getting through all Every single year of the 1980s in movies. So nice. Only took us 10 years to get to actually complete something on this show. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the there's one movie in 1989 that stands out above all others. I don't know about if it's standing above all others, but I know it has a special place in my heart tied to the show. So, so I, I do understand that. It might be your number one. I'm just saying it's probably not my number one from that year. Well, just think about it this way. When you were a kid in 1989, we were, what, 14, 13, yeah. depending on when your birthday was? Yeah. At that time, there was a big, giant summer blockbuster movie. Right. It's we'll not, leave it there. It's not the one that you're referring to, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. Because that's, that's, that's got to be the best movie of 89. I'm looking at a list or nothing. I'm just going by what I remember of 1989. Right. I'm and it was that Buster movie because it was everywhere. You couldn't turn on the TV. Fast food, you know, right. giants were having it. Promotional ties. There were breakfast cereals. There were posters. There were action figures. So there so, was everything tied to this movie. Right. And and if you're referring to that movie, I understand that being your number one. I'm talking about a movie that came out in '89 that was related to the show. I haven't looked at a list. <laughs> There is a there is a movie that we have a term on this show that came from that movie. It's the title of that movie that came out in 1989, and that's the one I thought you were referring to. <laughs> no, so. no, the other one. Okay, I understand that one being your number one. I'm not saying it's my number one, but I understand that one being your number one. How how could it not be your number one? I have different tastes than you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm allowed to have my list. My list does not have to look like your list. <laughs> All right. You can look like, yeah, I understand that. But in 1989, if you remember and put yourself back 
1989, that was the movie you were looking forward to. That's the movie you wanted to see. That's the movie everybody wanted to see, regardless of age. But the list I I make now is based on what are my favorites now, not what my favorites were when I was 14 years old. But you gotta you gotta put yourself back in 1989. I, I didn't say it. Did, no, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm not saying it's not on my list. I'm just saying that it's not my number one. And there's reasons I, I why it's not. Bash it later. I, there's a reason why there's it's not my number one. Cannot. No, I, I can't. I, I gotta see this list then. There's gotta be something way above it. We'll talk. <laughs> We'll talk. <laughs> to be concluded. Right. We'll, we'll talk about it in that episode. It'll make for a very good podcast. All right. Just like when C, when you lost your shit over C-3PO. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> or, or when what I had, are you talking about? Or when I had Darth Vader as, I think, number seven or something like that. <laughs> that was total horseshit. You know it. <laughs> it was my list of my favorite characters. How is that horseshit that he was number seven? <laughs> go back and we should go back and redo that because i we think should. a lot of mine have changed oh i'm sure with, a lot of mine with, has changed. you know newer movies yeah uh, sure. reading more you know novels and uh the, the rebels and the clone yeah, wars sure. and yeah but do we want we to should do, go back and or do we want to do top 50 again <laughs> <laughs> that was what we did if you're i don't know if we do i don't know if we do 50 let's just do like 20, top 10 or 20 10 or, 10 or 20 yeah <clears throat> yeah well, and the thing was, you did your top 50 Joes, and I did my top 50 Star Wars. We should, like, flip-flop it or something. <laughs> but Yeah, maybe, yeah. Or or we just do top 20 Star Wars, both of us, for one episode, and top 20 Joes, both of us, for one episode. There's an idea. We could do that? There's an idea. That's, there we go. I'm writing that idea down. That's a good idea. That sounds <laughs> like Mountain Dew and... I'm telling you right, right there. Right. I'll, I'll probably start writing my list down tonight. <laughs> That's got Hall of Notes written all over it. I don't know how that could be wrong. It's not going to be wrong. I'm down. So that that is that is a uh, idea that you cannot come back with. I can't go for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll go for that. We can even get like listeners to uh, submit their top. Yeah. And we can go over them and tell them how wrong they were. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But for listeners, they can only send us like their top 10 because I don't want to read 20 lists, 20 people off of the list. <laughs> yeah, get your own show if you want to do 20, but top 10, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. So start sending in your list of your top 10 favorite Star Wars characters and your top 10 favorite G.I. Joe characters. Send it to Star Wars. You don't Joe's. have to give reasons why. No, no. But just, I mean, if you just, want to, whatever. We're not going to read them. Yeah, we're just going to read who you have. Uh, it's more so we'll do this over the next like two or three shows and we'll just keep getting submissions and then right. we'll do the big, uh, yeah. So ne- next episode, yeah. Next episode will be the 1989, assuming we get at least <laughs> three of us on the show. And then after that, we'll do star Wars characters or GI Joe characters. We'll figure out which one we do first. Um, so that's some stuff to look forward to. And I know yeah. I'm also going to be having, uh, the um, we have that interview in February too of the guy that does the uh, 3.75 Joe books. So oh, okay, cool. So that's gonna be cool. So uh, so yeah, we got ideas for the show already. It's awesome. There you go, cranking them out. Yeah, and like I said, I'm probably gonna already write my 20 down tonight and then deliberate over the list for the next several weeks. <laughs> there you go. So all right, so uh, 
Chuck, how can people find you? Where where you where are you lurking these days? Uh, just uh, you can hit me up through uh, all the Star Joe's connections or just on social media. It's uh, listed under Charles Avery. Cool. Uh, so you can find Star Joe's at starjoes.com. Uh, you can find you can email us, send us your your top ten Star Wars characters, top ten GI Joe characters, and they can come from any avenue. So the expanded universes. Uh, if if you have a character from the uh, what was it? The Dark Horse G.I. Joe. <laughs> the Dark Horse G.I. Joe? What? Right. There was a Dark Horse G.I. Joe. It was like the G.I. Joe Extreme or something like that. That's where you had like Baron. Oh, Star I thought you meant whatever. like Dark Horse Comics. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, they were Dark Horse. They did Dark Horse Comics. Yeah. The G.I. Joe Extreme no. or whatever it was had Dark Horse. The comics were done by Dark Horse. I had no idea about that. I got to go look that up. I'm looking up right now just to make sure I'm saying that right. That cannot be true. I'm pretty sure it is. I have this amazing tool in my hand right now. It's called a smartphone. Yeah. Well, I've got an amazing tool in my hand, but it's something else. <laughs> yeah, it was Extreme Times Call for Extreme Heroes, G.I. Joe, Dark Horse. Yeah. Never seen any of those. Now I've got something to look forward to. I have I have some of those issues, too. I don't know if I have the full series, but I have, All right, cool. I have yeah. a lot of the issues, so. But yeah, that's where you had that, I think it's Baron Claw or whatever his name was. Looked like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so send us your list. Email starjoespodcast at gmail.com. This is not for a contest. This is just for us to read your list on the show and, like Chuck said, tell you guys how wrong you are. Uh, so <laughs> oh, but again, congratulations to our contest winner, yes. Anthony. Yes, absolutely. Hauser, House Seal. Yeah. So, like Conrad Hauser? No, not like that. <laughs> All right, I tried. <laughs> You're always trying, uh, and failing I know. miserably. <laughs> miserably, yeah. All right, so consistency. Uh, call and leave us a voicemail. You could leave. You could tell us your top ten of each for that. Do it that way too. It's four four zero nine four one Joes four four zero nine four one J O E S. Call and leave us a voicemail if you want to tell us that, or call us, leave us a voicemail if you have questions or comments about the show. We'll play them on the air and we'll we'll talk about whatever the hell you said. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can email them or put them on Facebook, right? Whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, but with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Bye.